Hey, what's happening? My name's Khalil Kane. In 2001, I played Patrick in the movie Bones with Snoop Dogg and Pam Greer. You are listening to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. The legend of Jimmy Bones, sharp as nails, tough as stones. This ain't based on no true story. This the real motherfucker. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. I just want to thank all our fans and listeners. I really appreciate all the support. Uh, we've dropped some really awesome interviews for you guys recently. I hope you check them out. Heather Langenkamp and Lynn Shea. And stay tuned to our social medias. We've got even more to come. Uh, before we get into tonight's film review, I just want to give a quick shout out to our website, don'tgooutthere.com. You can find all of our interviews, episodes, online store, blog, all of it's on there if you want to check it out. And a quick shout out to our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search for our name, Don't Go Out There, and you'll see Brian's awesome artwork he made for us. And something that me and the fellow co-host been discussing recently is we're all going to keep picking our movies like we have, but we're going to try like themed months. So starting this October, when this first review drops, our first theme is Guilty Pleasure Month. And tonight is Brother Dustin's pick. We're throwing it back to 2001 with the Snoop Dogg film, Bones. I'll just go ahead and give my quick overview. I'm glad Dustin picked this as a guilty pleasure because this movie's not very good, honestly. <laughs> Um, uh, I really don't have much good to say, honestly. It was kind of a painful movie, but it had some entertaining qualities, and I'll just leave it at that. Uh, Mike, you want to go next on general overview? Oh, fuck. Okay. Um, so sometimes I do enjoy a really bad horror movie where it's so bad it's good. This is not that. This is bad. Just really, really bad. I'm not going to sit here and say... There isn't a time or two where I'm entertained, but most of that takes place at the beginning. Once this movie gets going, I, I, it's it. I had a really hard time paying attention to what was going on. I mean, Snoop Dogg was shit. The other actors were really bad. Like, but there's some funny moments. So you know, we've talked on this show about horror comedy with Scream, motherfucker. This is a horror comedy. This is some funny ass shit in this movie. So, uh, so bad it's good. No, bad is just all around. Uh, I I would pop in Jason Takes Manhattan before this movie, so that's a little teaser for you. Woo! Good Lord. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> go, go ahead, Brian. <laughs> so, I mean, so Guilty Pleasures Month, you know, like Nico kind of said, it's going to be interesting because just by definition, the mass appeal of these movies are much lower. Um, but I mean, I think it's going to be fun and, and I'm hoping to see some movies I've never seen before um, or, you know, give some movies a second chance. Uh, with that said, you know, I, I'd never seen Bones and I'll probably never watch it again. But uh, let me just say, I mean, I didn't hate the entire thing. There are parts of this movie that I actually liked. Um, I love the soundtrack. I mean, who doesn't love Snoop Dogg? That's yeah, a good time. And, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll just spoil it and say the first half of the movie, I was actually intrigued. I was hopeful. I was bright eyed. But the second half of the movie, I wish I could go back in time and tell that optimistic kid to stop while he was ahead. But, I mean, 
I'm a, I'm excited. I'm excited to get into these reviews though, because at least for my pick later, I mean, I'm not trying to speak at a term, but I think Dustin may feel the same way about this one. I mean, it's not a quote unquote good film, but you know, we enjoy it for one reason or another, and I'm excited to hear those reasons. Um, I definitely feel like that, you know, you have to look at these reviews through a little bit of a different lens, like, you know, reviews wise, but maybe that's, maybe that's just my approach. But anyway, as Billy Madison would say on with the Bora feel. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, I picked Bones because I remember this movie came out. I remember watching it when it came out. Uh, I was in, I believe, eighth grade. And, yeah, I mean, come on. I grew up listening to Snoop Dogg. I still listen to Snoop Dogg. Uh, it's got Clifton Powell, who's in some iconic movies. It's got Pam Greer, who's a legend in uh, black exploitation films. And, you know, Miss Jackie Brown herself, big Pam Greer fan. Not to mention the beautiful Bianca Lawson. I mean, what's there not to like? Okay, pretty much everything else. But it does have some very good uh, practical effects. I like a lot of the stuff they did as far as not going CGI and going, uh, going you know, pretty realism with it. Um, like you guys said, the first half of the movie, it's like they started out making, we're going to do a legit horror movie. And then the second half of the movie, it's like they said, let's just throw as many cliche funny shit stinkers in this film that we can and just see what happens and i applaud their effort because <laughs> it makes for some funny head scratching shit and i like i said guilty pleasure i'm not saying that this movie's good however if you go online you will see that this is one of those movies that generally is perceived as being so bad that it's good uh it does have more favorable fan reviews than negative depending on where you look i guess um it's a movie that i've seen uh, i don't know how many times i haven't watched it in over 10 years before this week though and um when i heard guilty pleasure it's like okay i know they're gonna shit on this movie if i ever pick it legitimately so this is perfect let's do it hey before we start i just want to give one positive because i feel like i'm gonna be so negative my man Clifton Powell, he's good at everything he's in. I don't care what anybody yeah. says. So, so, so big fan of that. Also, Catherine Isabel, call me sometime. Bianca Lawson, call me sometime. No, there you back go. off. Got him out of the Lawson. way. You back off, Bianca. Hey, I got him out of the way. I had to do what I had to do. So I'll go ahead and drop my one and only fun fact about this film now. Bianca Lawson, Beyonce's sister, by the way. That's right. Boom. <laughs> and her, uh, her mother was married to Marvin Gaye. <laughs> so very, uh, very prolific family ties to Miss beautiful Bianca Lawson Franklin. Anyway, go ahead. Wait till you guys hear what this movie made. Y'all <laughs> <laughs> ready to jump into the film review? For shizzle. All right. And me and me and we, uh, me and Mike kind of said it before we started this. Uh, there's a lot of characters, so if I get any names confused, I apologize. But let's just jump into it. Uh, the film starts with a guy named Shotgun running from a dog. He hides in a house and shoots a dog with a rifle. <laughs> I watched the dead meat kill count. And it was funny. He's like, so the guy named Shotgun shoots a dog with a rifle, huh? Okay. Uh, t two white guys buy drugs from Stank and Waze, two drug dealers but have to go get the drugs from a house down the street or whatever. The cops chase them into the Bones house. Cops start to search, but the officer Lupovich gets him out after, you know, a flashback he has. Two white, the two white guys look through the house. 
but one gets bit by the Bones dog. They run out the house and stop on the porch. They, they think they're free, but then one guy is snatched in and he's dismembered. And then the other guy is drug in, and you see like his fingernails getting ripped off as he tr- scratches the porch, and then the door slams. 1979, opening credits. And the opening credits are cool. We see Bones in the back of his car, you know, being drove around his neighborhood. He greets the people, and everyone seems to love him. Uh, then we get ominous music plays now, and the Bones house is locked up, and drugs have taken the neighborhood over. Our present day, Patrick shows Bill, Maurice, and Tia the house. He wants to turn it into a nightclub. The bloody fingernail scratches are still on the porch. Then Tia finds like half of a jaw. Patrick shows, let me flip my page. Patrick shows them around. Jimmy Bones' old place, local legend. Patrick has a flashback. He always had a switchblade and a ring. Mark, they want to market the club with the bone story. They go deeper into the house. They, there's like ghost hands appear on the wall. Patrick turns the furnace on and a spirit seems to release. Tia finds a dog with red eyes and she gives it her burger as the bones ghost appears behind her. The ghost goes down to the basement and releases the skeleton. The guys tell Tia how ugly the dog is. Bill asks Patrick if dad knows about this. Shotgun yells at them to kill that dog. Then Pearl shows up and warns about the dog. They tell Pearl and Cynthia <laughs> about their plans. Pearl says Patrick looks familiar. Then they get to Pearl's psychic, psychic shop and the ladies leave them outside. All right, go ahead, Brian. That's the first two scenes I got. <laughs> uh, so we start out with these token white guys and they're even listening to Eminem in the car. So I, I feel I feel like that you just need a few more bros in there. Um you know, they're dumbasses, which, I mean, that is what it is. I mean, that's obviously a horror movie trope. I just felt like, you know, that, you know, it was a little bit on the nose there. Um, this opening sequence with the white dudes getting killed was, I mean, it was actually not bad. It had good atmosphere. I felt like I was in Gotham City or something, but I thought it, was, it wasn't bad at all. Um, you know, then when we get the title card and it jumps to 1970, I almost feel like I'm watching a totally different movie there. Um, it, so the, the cuts are just weird. Um the flashbacks, some of the movie, but like here, I thought it was super weird, but I kind of get used to it through the movie. Um, so, so I do change my opinion on that later. Um, I laughed my ass off when that door just opened before Patrick and Tia and company, like walk in the door for the first time. Nobody cared about that at all. And then, you know, you have the clearly human jawbone. So I don't know what the fuck they were talking about when they said a dog or a cat, because I mean, I don't know what dog or cat has teeth like that. And, you know, I mean, I hate to hit on or hit on their effects, but that was pretty terrible. Top notch effects there with the, with the, you know, the teeth laying there. Um, I did recognize my girl, Catherine Isabel right off the bat, uh, from Freddie versus Jason. Um, but she must still have a drinking problem from that movie because I don't know how you, she, you don't even flinch whenever she opens up that door, the dog's there and then lets the dog with the red eyes, just pop on up, take that burger out of her hand. Um, while the goose of a ghost of Snoop Dogg just, you know, ghost of Snoop Dogg past just, you know, is doing God knows what in this house. Um, and we keep getting the same like cutaways with this lock on the door shaking. I don't know. Like I was super confused in that moment. Um, all in all with this group of scenes, the acting to me is pretty poor, uh, which I'm kind of surprised about. Um, honestly with Pam Greer, because she's such an industry legend, like we talked about, you know, she's been acting since the Mm seventies, but she's honestly, honestly not good in this. Um, and, 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 but you know, I can look past that at this point and, and, you know, it's a horror movie. It's a B uh, horror movie. Hell, it's almost expected. 
Um, I just, you know, I just still have to point it out. Um, so all in all, it's a confusing opening, but at this point, I kind of feel like I'm not supposed to know a lot. So I'm willing to look past it at this point. So at this point, the movie still got me at least a little bit intrigued. Yeah. So I agree with you as far as the atmosphere in the opening scene of this movie, like it does set a nice tone. And again, I know what I'm getting it. Like I've seen this movie before. Um, this is, I think the third time I've happened to see at least the majority of it anyways. And so I kind of knew, I know what I'm getting into, but I, I watched it full set, you know, twice in the last five, six days. And the beginning of this movie does set a nice tone and it. Now I'm willing to kind of overlook some of the, you know, like you said, there's some horror tropes and stereotypes there. I'm willing to forgive some of that, especially for something that's this campy and over the top. Like I'm fine with it. I'm willing to kind of forget that Snoop Dogg of all people is our fucking villain, but that's, or not really, he's not really a villain, which we'll get into. Uh, that's one gripe I have. Um, but you're right, Brian. After you get that scene, you get when they go back to 1979, and it's like taking the movie from 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 a like Freddy versus Jason, and now we're at and now we're watching Soul Plane, which is just a big fucking shocker <laughs> yes. to the brain here. Like it's like a completely different. It's like watching Undercover Brother or whatever. Like it's just right. a completely different movie. But again, I'm intrigued by the story. Like I kind of want to know how the two connect and relate and. So I'm okay with that. Um, then you get the cast of, I guess we'll call them young people. Okay. The damn actor who Hughes. plays Patrick, damn you, is, is right. And listen, I'm sure the man who plays Patrick is a nice man. And I'm not an actor paid by anybody to act ever in my entire life. But my fucking God, he is awful. I mean, he is just straight up bad. As Patrick, I'm sorry. I it, 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 and so him being the main character really drags the movie down for me. Like I feel, I I don't feel compelled to get involved in his story. Like there's just something missing there, and so that like stood out for me. And so like kind of like Brian said, I get confused at some of this. Now I will say this house, creepy little house, like yeah, little house, creepy big house. So. I'm okay with the atmosphere that the that the movie is given off, and I'm willing to forgive the hokey dog eating a burger and stuff. But by the way, you're right. A dog comes at me with red eyes. I am running the fuck out of there. Fuck that dog. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I mean, some of this just gets a little... I want to know how 1979 kind of ties into this. So they still have my attention, which I didn't think that it would, I'll be honest. <laughs> at this point, I thought I'd, I would already lose hope, but... Um, up to that point, I'm, I'm okay. And I agree with you about, about Pam Greer. She's, she, she's, I feel like I like her in so many other things. I'm willing to forgive this role, but I just don't like the character she's portraying as Pearl. So it just didn't really hit for me. And, uh, you know, as far as like hauntings and stuff, uh, again, I've said not my favorite genre, but I want to be clear Snoop Dogg haunting me is really not scary. So we're in for a treat here. Are you aware that Calvin Brodus was acquitted for murder? And you're telling me <laughs> hey, Snoop Dogg is not hey, scary? This is not hey, this is not the 96 Source Awards, dude. All right. Anyway, so with opening scenes, I mean, it starts off. 
immediately when shotgun uses the rifle and shoots the dog, I was immediately like, what the hell? Cause that's bad special effects. The way the bullet just absorbed into the dog, it looked stupid. Um, so I was already, when I rewatched it, I was like, man, this is going to be bad, but it, the, the effects get a lot better. But, uh, then you go to when they get inside the house, I thought the dialogue was awful between these four kids. I mean, they they were dressed like a typical 2001 uh, teen movie. Like they're, that's how teens were supposed to be portrayed into, or they were portrayed in everything you watched in 2001. And so uh, I, that is what it is. But their acting and dialogue was all awful. Um, that stupid Jimmy Bones song. The song was one of my biggest pet peeves because because of who introduced it. I felt like that song, the way that it was, it was almost like a song that little girls would jump rope to. So Tia should have been the one be like, Oh, I remember this song. And you know, she sings it because it, like for him to be a hard ass and this, this cool dude for him to sing a fucking nursery rhyme, almost like that was just terrible. God, I hated that song. But um, anyway, but what you said earlier, Brian, with the teeth, I don't think it was bad, bad effects. I think it was intentional because, you know, it was the dog had drugged those two guys in earlier and ate them. So that was remains of them. I think it was more tongue in cheek, like him trying to play it off. Like, no, there's nothing scary. That's, that's a cat. Even though he, I took it as he knew it was human teeth. He was just trying to calm down Tia and everyone else. So that, that's kind of how I took that. But, um, so I, I, well, I just meant like the, the, I thought the prop didn't look good. I just kind of thought it looked oh. kind of like, you know, you got it. Got her from Spirit Halloween or something. I, got, I see what you're saying now. Okay, I'll give you that then. Um, which, for the budget that this movie had, makes no damn sense, but whatever. Um, Mike will get into that at the end. The flashback, to me, was... Well, all the flashbacks, but this opening flashback, uh, especially because it set the tone, was part of the best part of the movie. I disagree completely with what you guys say because I don't think it was confusing at all. I think it's going ahead and setting the tone that Jimmy Bones was not the bad guy. He was a beloved member of the community, and you see what happened since he's been dead. The, the This neighborhood's gone to shit. It's turned to the slums. You don't want to be there. Uh, Pearl's telling him, you got, you kids need to get the hell out of here. Uh, you know, Even later, the, the dad's saying, stay away from there. You don't need to go down that part of town and everything. And so the flashback did a good job of showing that it didn't always used to be this way. It was an up and coming neighborhood. And uh, that was a very tight knit community while Jimmy Bones was still alive. And the way that they shot it, the filter and and the camera that they used to to film this made it feel like it's 20 years ago or 20, you know, 22 years ago, whatever. And so I thought that that was really well done. The wardrobe was spot on for the seventies. And so I actually loved everything about the flashback because even in that title card, you see it progressing. Like you, you don't see his murder just yet, but you see the time progression, the graffiti start to appear. The smiling faces are gone from the sidewalk. The warm, tight knit community factor is gone. And then it comes back to present day and it's a shithole. So I thought that was really well done. Probably the best, best done thing of the movie, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. So Dustin, like what I was, what I want to, I want to say about that is like, I agree with you. And, and like later in my review, I actually said how 
how like those flashbacks really do grow to be my favorite parts of this movie. I gotcha. completely agree with you. Yeah. Just like at this point, at like this point, I was confused as hell. Cause okay. I was like, I, I felt like, okay, we're watching this horror movie, horror movie. And then bam, I get thrown back into like, uh, um, Scarskin Hutch almost. And I was like, what, wait, what, what, what's happening? So I was just a little bit confused at first, like with this little group of scenes. So, but no, I, I, I do agree with you. Okay. I got you. And speaking of Starsky and Hutch, of course, obviously Snoop Dogg played Huggy Bear. So that's, that's funny yeah. <laughs> uh, where he was dressed very similarly. Um, and then, you know, as far as the other things, as far in this opening set of scenes with all the stereotypes and all the, uh, typical horror movie tropes that are thrown in that was intentional by Ernest Dickinson. When he made this movie, he did it as a nod to the horror, to the genre, but he also did it as a nod to the black exploitation. I'm not going to, you know, it's fine. I'm going to, I'm going to quote James agent East right here. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on black exploitation or give you a lesson on it. But if you look into it, you'll, you'll see that it, it was very intentionally done. And very well done when you take that in consideration. If you're not familiar with, the, with that genre or that uh, type of movie making, then yes, I could see why this is all dog shit. But from that standpoint, his do, he did his due diligence in making sure that it was very uh, consistent with uh, films of the past. All right, uh, Maurice, they're on. They're heading back to Patrick's house. Maurice says he doesn't eat. <laughs> he Maurice says he doesn't eat fried chicken and says he's Martin Luther King's dream. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, the two drug dealers, they show up to talk to Eddie. Eddie tells them he doesn't want no psycho shit around here. And he gets pissed off and he kicks them out. And he gets mad because of the drama with the two white guys getting killed. And then he pays a lot of money to have police protection. Uh, <laughs> now they get to uh, Jeremiah's house. Jeremiah gets pissed he has to pay for not only Patrick and Bill and all their food, but now they got a dog there too. He has a flashback to him and Jimmy Bones. Bones never wants to leave the street. Jeremiah is trying to offer him a big deal. Lupovich, the white cop, shows up to Eddie's. He gives him some drugs and tries to fondle his girlfriend, Snowflake. Lupovich is a dirty cop. Eddie asks about Jeremiah selling the building. Jeremiah tells his boys to not go places you shouldn't be, and his old hood can't be fixed. Lupovich shows up to Jeremiah's house. Lupovich is pissed the building has been sold. Cynthia tells Patrick, the house is bad luck as she walks under a ladder. I thought that was funny and ironic. Cynthia says, would I believe the legend if I was this close to the house? Bill is laying in bed listening to music, and the the walls reveal these bodies. I, I can't remember what they called that wall in the city. Uh, they reveal these bodies in the wall, and we see the bodies like break free, and they're all reaching for his face. And not the, the like Dustin mentioned at the beginning, the practical effects are really good. He hears a, a grunt, and he like sits up. And then he sees he sees Jimmy Bones' face in the ceiling. Patrick says there is a strange vibe. Pearl is about to start a seance. She gets upset. Cynthia rather would rather paint than help her, and she wants her to stay away from the kids in in that house. All right, Brian, that's all I have for the next two. Um, yeah, I don't have a whole lot on these scenes, but the the first thing I'll have to say here is, man, either they are playing homage here. Um, because next Friday came out the year prior to this or Clifton Abraham was just like, man, fuck this shit. I'm playing pinky. I don't care what you guys name my character because it, he played it to a T. All it needed was a few more. Say it again. Say it again. Woo. It was literally the same guy there. Um, also, I feel like they tried with the character development, with the family time, but I didn't really work. 
Um, it didn't really feel fluid and normal, but, and, and like I had it written down here, I kind of said earlier, but at this point I'll say I, I'm getting comfortable with the flashbacks and they actually become my, again, my favorite, one of my favorite parts of the movie. Um, I, I don't mind them at all. They just were out of place to me at the, at the beginning, just because I wasn't, you know, used to seeing them, but, but I learned the, the movie taught me, um, it's pretty decent chemistry, I'll say, between Bianca Lawson's character, Cynthia, and Khalil Kane's Patrick. I, I know Mike said he didn't really like Patrick at all, but I kind of feel like that they had a little bit of natural chemistry there. Um, now, no, let, let me get this straight. It's terrible dialogue, absolutely terrible dialogue. But but they, but you know, but they do play they do play it uh, pretty well, as well as I guess that it could be could be done. Uh, I just felt like you know they did have a little bit of natural chemistry there. Um, Bianca Lawson had arguably her biggest role this same year um, when Save the Last Dance came out in 2001 as well. So, um, and la- lastly, I-, I did not like as ter- as Charles Barkley would say, it's terrible. I feel like that I-, I did not like the the is is it Eddie? I think that was in the bed with the very noticeably like green screen, and they had that whole like Hellraiser type wall thing with all the people covered out and covered in the oil, like wearing those giant spandex suits. <laughs> Like maybe I think if it was like like darker lit, but the fact that you I mean, they put a lot of emphasis on like it was lit up. Those things were lit up as hell. And maybe they weren't meant to be seen in high definition, kind of like we talked about actually with Hellraiser and some of that. I think what Slimer Ghost or whatever that was, you know, like looked really bad in the light. That's kind of what I feel like here with these. Like maybe they were weren't meant to be as high definition as they are shown here. So I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt a little bit. But that didn't look good. Man, <laughs> the movie starts to lose me here. And again, I was like you. I was a little hopeful at this watch because I'd forgotten a lot of what happened in this movie. But I didn't take a lot of notes here. And partly because I get a little, I don't know, maybe I'm dumb. I do get a little confused about exactly what I'm supposed to be invested in, I guess. So I didn't take a lot of notes here. What I will say is I agree with you about the you know the on screen the on screen chemistry there. I don't necessarily think that, that that's bad. I see that, but I also think the acting is bad, and so it really takes away. And again, I hate to be a, a critic of acting because I have no idea of that skill, but it didn't come off well for me. The only thing I took a decent note on is the things coming out of the wall. Like you said, and the reason I did that, one is because I missed the days of just laying in my bed, listening to music like that. That's good shit. Anyway, it took me back, man. I had the nostalgic feels for it. Um, also was I mistaken or was there like a detailed set of balls on the wall? <laughs> I'm pretty sure there were some testicles on the wall, man, because there were boobies. I'm pretty sure there were some testes there, man. Like I, I, I could be mistaken, but I'm 99. No, I'm not. I'm about 88% sure there was testes on that wall. And fuck you if you did that, because that caught me off guard, and I had to fucking double take. Okay, and that I missed missed the ball wall. I did not see. I did not see. I could be wrong, but man, there was a lot of detail there, and I could have swore I saw some testes in the sack. Um, but but you're right. I didn't like that scene at all. There were, it, it, it was weird. Like it didn't, I didn't quite get what they were going for with that until the end. It makes a little more sense now as you know, 
you could see it kind of come full circle, but I don't know. Just the concept of that didn't really hit for me. So I kind of drug all these scenes down. And by the way, fuck that's anything with a seance. I'm sorry. I'm just not, I'm not bought in the minute they brought the seance in. I'm like, Oh, okay. Uh, fuck this, this hippie dippy shit. Sorry. Sorry if it offends anybody. If you, if you like seances, more power to you. You should do exactly what you love, but uh, not for me. So, yeah. Yeah. I did think it's weird that uh, Pam Greer's character was a psychic or, you know, whatever she's called. I don't know. Medium. I don't know, but uh, it's, it was very weird to me. Um, Gangster love. Don't eat no fried chicken was a hilarious line because he's uh, talking about how it makes black men stare on this. You're not even black. I thought that whole scene was pretty funny. Um, it's, it's almost like a prequel to being woke. And then, you know, we get to meet Eddie Mac and really he's not no need to meet him here. Um, didn't really like this set of scenes at all, but <laughs> like, like this whole set is just like, Oh yeah. It, this is like, like, like you guys said, this is kind of where the movie starts to be like, it's almost like they should have hired someone who's more experienced in film continuity and, and film writing script, screenplay yes. writing to step in and help them. Cause I do. I mean, I think there's a good story there, this movie could be remade and be 10 times better. If Agreed. you, because it, it's a cool concept, interesting concept. And, but it's just, there's parts that just suck out loud. And this is one of them, the practical effects of the wall. You guys, I mean, that's really awesome. To, well, well done. And you know, the way they shot that, that was actually screens on the wall. Uh, and that's the reason that they look so bright. I think was because they had the lights turned off or is it on? Oh. They were backlit screens, I think. So that's the reason it looked the way it did. I can't remember. I, I did watch. I did see that somewhere. And uh, I do want to say one more thing. It's Clifton Powell, not Clifton Abraham, the former Florida State Seminole. But uh, <laughs> did I say Clifton Abraham? You did. But uh, oh shit, <laughs> that's okay. And uh, you know we're Noel fans here. We're among family. <laughs> but yeah, you mentioned how he reminds you. Well, are we sending all fans right now? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you mentioned how he reminded you of Pinky. It's almost like he he's every except for when he's Pinky and most other roles. He's like a combination of all his other roles because I watch these scenes and I think of uh, when he's in Rush Hour. Where he's like, you better take your hands off my suit. This is my favorite suit. Your mama bought me this suit for Christmas. Like he's that character in this movie to me. <laughs> and so uh, shout out to Clifton Powell. I think he's a great actor. He is the highlight other than getting to look at Bianca Lawson in this shit group of scenes. <laughs> Bro, he, he's always pinky to me. I, I can't separate it. Uh, I'm sorry to brother Clifton. All right, Pearl reminisces about Jimmy when she looks at a picture of them. Pearl does a poem reading of Jimmy and she gets worried of his lifeline. She drops a picture when Jimmy on the picture like looks up at her. Cynthia against her mother's wishes goes to the building where Patrick is. She walks in, hears ghostly whispers, and then Patrick scares her. They find this blood-like liquid on the floor, and they go to the cellar, and the pipes are leaking this bloody-looking stuff. The dog leads them to a locked door. They enter it, and it stinks, and flies are everywhere. The dog digs up a skeleton with a switchblade and a ring on its finger. It's Jimmy Bones. 
Cynthia grabs a dress, but the dog barks at her. Cynthia sees the ghost of Jimmy and then snaps out of it. Maurice steals the ring as he leaves. The dog starts to eat dinner, like this raw hamburger meat, and skin and flesh, like like they brought up on Hellraiser, looked like the guy who, as they killed people, you know, the dog's eating this hamburger meat and all that, and then the skin and flesh starts to regenerate on Jimmy's skeleton. Patrick is trying to sauce on Cynthia, and she reveals she never knew her father. They make out and start to get intimate. Then Cynthia stops as a ghost figure. Uh, a ghost figure hovers her. Patrick gives her his bed. Uh, Pearl starts the seance as Cynthia lays asleep. She thinks Patrick gets in bed with her as it gropes her. As the seance intensifies, the ghost under the sheet with Cynthia intensifies as well. Now Pearl has flashbacks to Jimmy's death, and she sees Cynthia in a bed of blood. Cynthia wakes up scared, and Pearl shows up to the building to get Cynthia. She takes her home and says, if you are if you stay here another night, it'll be your grave, she tells Patrick and the rest of them. All right, Brian, go ahead, brother. Okay, so, all right, this group of scenes is where my what the fuck came out like 50,000 times. <clears throat> but I'll start off with a positive. I'm actually kind of surprised at Snoop Dogg's acting. Like, I, I don't know why, because he's been an entertainer for years, but I honestly feel like the performances of everyone else around him are so blank and wooden. Like, Snoop Dogg, just being Snoop Dogg is actually a nice change and and welcome for me. Um, again, Pam Greer is such an accomplished actress, so it seemed, to seem so, again, wooden uh, around him is actually surprising. But um, I wrote down that I kind of I couldn't help but laugh, but whenever that heart, throbbing heartbeat on the floor with the blood thing... And he said, it must be the plumbing. I just I just laughed because at this point, we got to be getting into meta territory, right? Like, they, it's got to be almost a spoof. Um, they, that really couldn't be serious. Uh, also, the silliness of finding Jimmy Bones, Bones aside, uh, the dude mentions a permit, which, by the way, how, how does real estate work here? Because, I mean, I'm just saying, like, how is this place ever approved to sell to begin with? Was there literally no inspections? Because, I mean... Come on now. Um, And like Nico brought up, we've definitely got some Hellraiser shit going on here. And I just want to make sure I got it because it's implied that the raw meat that this dog is eating like rejuvenates Jimmy Bones' bones. So like, why are we not just eating everybody like they did the white guys? And why has this not happened in 20 years? Like, why are we just now starting to eat people and rejuvenate? Like that, that to me makes no sense. And speaking of no sense, everybody is just cool with, you know, the dead body they discovered in the basement and just go about their night like it's all good. Um, but the biggest nitpick I have is what the fuck? Because, okay, let me talk a little bit about this sex scene type thing. First of all, and this is a spoiler for later, isn't it implied that Jimmy Bones is like controlling everything in this house and haunting it up and, and doing all the spooky shit and all that shit? Well, don't we find out later that Cynthia is his fucking daughter? So Jimmy's like basically feeling up his damn daughter here with all this ghost. Like, what the fuck? Like that, that to me was just, yeah. Yeah. This group of scenes I thought was awful. Forgive me, fellas. The lightning just won the Stanley Cup. So I had to run around the house for a minute. Okay. So, uh, I'm okay. Okay. So I don't like the character of Pearl, but I, I'm kind of like the rest of you where these flashback scenes I, I I do enjoy. So some of the reminiscing about Jimmy Bones and all that stuff, that that's good stuff. Like 
you know, Dustin, you mentioned it in the last set of scenes. This movie has potential. And I feel like with a fresh set of eyes and a remake where they took it a little more serious, uh, these scenes would really come to life and be a little bit better, I think. And I, I like that stuff. Um, I thought that was fine. But some of the stuff where it's basically a, a, a ghost Snoop Dogg raping his daughter is fucking weird. That's very Ronnie from Halloween, Rob Zombie's Halloween. Uh, so fucking just not my thing, man. Like I like the whole set, that whole thing kind of took me out. And again, we're supposed to be kind of it is a horror movie, so I'm supposed to put that stuff aside, I guess. But I don't know. There's nothing scary about that. It's just fucking creepy. So I don't know. I wasn't a fan of that. And maybe I guess you could say he was acting as as Patrick. So I guess that's where you kind of get away with it. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, just and. But I like the flashback part of this uh, set of scenes. I really do. And, but I'm not a fan. Uh, I will say the couple did have the same on-screen chemistry that I already mentioned earlier. So I like their hanging out and all that stuff. But everything after that is 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 really, really bad to me. So. Come on, Dustin. Explain the sex thing to me. Yeah, honestly, he's probably has a good explanation for it, and that's okay. I just missed it. <laughs> uh, no, yes, please, please give it to me because I have no idea what the fuck is going on here. Uh, out of all the amendments I could choose, I choose. <laughs> <Fifth>. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. All right. So here's the thing: was it a sex thing, or was the spirit of Jimmy Bones trying to just get inside a body? That's that's the, that's the way you can look at it. I don't fucking know. But it it was uncomfortable, especially finding out what we know later in the movie. But uh, because she has other openings than the one between her legs, you don't have to possess her that way. But whatever. Um, that was that was not good. The flashbacks with Pam Greer. I keep calling her Pam Pearl and Jimmy Bones are great. I, I love the when he moves in the picture and she drops it like I like that because it's it just adds to the freakiness the uh the supernatural uh storyline that we've got going on within there um you know yeah snoop dogg was supposedly reportedly nervous in all of his scenes with pam greer because he had a crush on her growing up you know she was actually born in 49 and so uh snoop dogg was like 20 something i think when Whenever she, or she was twenty something when Snoop Dogg was born, so it's funny. Yeah, he's twenty two. He's twenty two years younger than her. Yeah, twenty two. So it's funny to watch their chemistry on screen uh, when they're you know, quote unquote lovers in this movie, uh, because that was like that would be like one of us with uh, you know just just throw a name out there like uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, um, <laughs> and then you you get to anyway. What? No, Pamela Anderson or something. Come on. What the Jack. fuck did you just say? I said that I said that just for you, Nico. But um <laughs> you got a good reaction out of me, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I did. It, it was <laughs> totally worth it. But um <laughs> so the these scenes, honestly, there's not a whole lot to break down here. They are what they are, uh, which is a steaming pile of shit for the most part. I really enjoyed the 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 effects of his skin you know, his body rejuvenating or regenerating like that. Um, I thought that was very well done. And the way that they did that found out was they actually had a, 
model made of Snoop Dogg's body with three layers and it was made out of like wax. And the way that they filmed it was they melted it. And then what you see on screen is they played it in reverse. So it showed all the layers regenerating when reality, they were melting away when they, as they were filming it, I thought it looked awesome. Like for a film in 2001 and for that not to be CGI, I thought that was fantastic. And that's about all I got good to say about this group of scenes. Um, so back to you. All right. Something that just really came to my mind listening to you guys talk, because when I go into my rating later, it's not good. But the more y'all bring it up, I think if you did a movie just about like when before Jimmy died, like leading up to that would be a good movie. Yeah, no, like, I, I agree yeah. with that. Because it, it wouldn't be a horror. It wouldn't be a horror movie. And that's it, what I'm saying. It would be damn good. It would be good. That's what I'm saying. Don't take it a good, yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think it'd be a good standalone movie if you did it right. Absolutely. Yeah, because I'm invested with Snoop Dogg being, you know, like, I mean, you could, I could see him being that role. You know what I mean? Right. And I think, I think if you went that way, that would be a good movie. But making it a horror movie, mm. I would need him to improve his acting. But that's just me. Sorry. I, I, I liked it. I know you did. I know. I, <laughs> I, I mean, I has he ever not played the pimp Godfather role ever in anything he's ever done? Because uh, it's bad in everything. Sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, come on. No. I, oh, come I, on. I'm, I'm with you, Brian. I, I'm invested just because I think Snoop Dogg's cool. So I'm invested with I it. I love Snoop Dogg. I'm not here to slander Snoop Dogg. Just saying. Yeah. Like no, I, have you ever seen Training Day? He was great in Training Day. He yeah. was pretty good in Training Day. I'll give him Training Day. <laughs> All right. All right. Patrick takes his dad to the renovated nightclub. Jeremiah thinks it's a sick joke. Patrick is mad his dad isn't more supportive. Jeremiah. <laughs> oh, man. I wrote down Jeremiah goes full pinky on him with anger. You will sell you will sell this motherfucker. Flashback. Jim, Jimmy meets with Jeremiah, Eddie, and Lupovich. They piss Jimmy off when he calls his people fools. Eddie offers him drugs and Jimmy refuses. Jeremiah tries to console Jimmy. Then Eddie and Lupovich pull guns out. Eddie forces him to try the drugs in the pipe. And then they but they've been laced or something. He try Jimmy, he tries to cut Lupovich. And then they open fire on him. Lupovich makes Eddie and Jeremiah stab him as well because he's not going to be the only man guilty. As Pearl, they, they try to force Pearl to stab him, but Jimmy basically just grabs a knife and stabs himself. They bury Jimmy with uh, the Pearl, the dress that Pearl is wearing. Opening night at the club and it's packed. Cynthia shows up again. The dog enters the dance floor and eyes, <laughs> and he eyes the ring on Maurice's finger. Maurice is in awe of a woman dancing and leaves the DJ booth and follows her. He follows her out and up the stairs. He follows her into a room, but then she turns into the dog and kills him and starts to eat him. More flesh grows on Jimmy's skeleton. Patrick goes to find Maurice after the other DJ asks about him. He finds the dog eating him. The dog says, the gangster of love don't eat no fried chicken. <laughs> yeah, this, this that is a great line. That is a fucking great line. Yeah, but this is where this movie just completely falls apart. Absolutely, but still a great line. Uh, you're right. It is a great line. It, it charges him, knocking him into the wall, and we see maggots come out its mouth, and then he pukes the maggots on him, and the dog turns into a ghost and enters Jimmy's body. The maggots, they fall out all over the nightclub and like in people's drinks and everything. It's disgusting. And they all run outside. Jimmy sets the house on fire and walks towards them as they run out. He goes upstairs and gets his ring off Maurice's finger. The crowd looks in disbelief at the burning building 
And then Pearl sees Jimmy's ghost in the front door. And the next two scenes are the ending. And I'm just going to go ahead and say from the dead meat, I watched the uh, kill count to just get, I've never seen the movie. So I just wanted to get like a little synopsis. That was the only scene that Snoop Dogg didn't do high was when he walked up the, the stairs that were on fire. Cause those were real fire. That was real fire. So I thought that was pretty interesting. <laughs> go ahead, Brian. <laughs> yeah. Well, as for as much happened, I really don't have a lot of notes here. I, I've got a lot of nitpicks, but, um, it, it, all right. So the very beginning of these scenes, there's obviously some huge passage of time here, right? I mean, it seems like it was like the next day, but, and, and because they had it, you know, had, got the whole club from the condition it was in all movie to now it's ready to open. And I mean, this has to be like months and, and nothing happened all in this time, which seems weird. But then again, if you think about the fact that nothing happened in the whole 20 years and suddenly now it's deciding to, the dog's deciding to eat people. So I, I don't know. That whole thing's confusing. And speaking of confusing, this entire backstory of Jimmy, did anybody catch what he does besides just being Snoop Dogg? Because I didn't. I thought it was just like implied, you know, he's some godfather type. But I actually Googled it, which is a movie's biggest sin. Because if I have to Google your movie to find Absolutely. out the information on it, that's a problem. But it turns out Jimmy is a numbers runner who is quote unquote loved in his neighborhood and it's protector. So, and that's from Google. So I, I, what that still doesn't make any sense to me, but you know, anyway, um, also this killing Jimmy scene, first of all, the blood looks like ketchup. It doesn't look good at all, but what is this? I don't, I didn't understand the pact. Like they couldn't just dispose of the body and the gun, burn the dress or something. Like I, I understand him wanting to incriminate everybody, but it just seems like there's a way better way of doing it. And he went from like zero to crazy and like, just like that. Plus, Snoop, I, I, as much as I love Snoop Dogg's acting to me, like because he just is Snoop Dogg, he just plays Snoop Dogg the whole time. But his actual death in this was pretty cheesy. It's pretty bad. So Mike's pretty right in this uh, this whole scenario. And the maggot scene, which would have been fine, it was gross, and you know that's good. It made me feel like well, like I was supposed to. But having the dog, the line's fine. The line is awesome. But having the dog yeah. say it with that terrible CGI. For literally no reason, just out of the blue, I it was. I felt like I was in one of those, like you know, those horror movies, like Freddy versus Jason or whatever. Whenever they're high, so you're like you're in their like high, like smoky dream state almost. That's kind of how that felt, like because I was like, what the fuck did that come from? But uh, anyway, that's all I had on that group. Okay, while I agree that this movie takes a sharp turn to shit town right about here. I still am invested in the past part of this movie. So the scene where they're, you know, doing the, you know, the deal and stuff, I really like. And I know we get a really bad, you know, Snoop Dogg death here. But I like the, you know, they're, you know, the scene where everyone's sitting at the table with each other and they're working on the deal and stuff. I, I'm okay with that. Uh, like we already mentioned, that would be a good movie on its own. I hope somebody makes it someday. Uh, yeah, everything else, including the actual killing of Snoop Dogg is re it again. I, it lost me. Like you said, there's a bad CGI dog, there are maggots and, and I, you know, they kind of go away from the dog eating like 
So they mentioned in the beginning, they don't come back to it. And then they wait forever to cut. Like, it's just, I don't know. I forgot about that fucking dog bones, to be honest, until this scene here. And I just, um, even Pearl seeing the ghost of Jimmy in the, you know, in the hall and stuff like that's really not like, I don't know. I, it's already so bad. And Snoop Dogg's death. I like everything up to it, but Snoop Dogg's death really, really takes me out of it. Like it, it's bad. And I don't know. I don't like the turn of the characters that all of his friends kind of turn their back on him. And I know that's kind of the story we're getting, but I'm not like a huge fan of that as a plot. So it's kind of lost me at this point. This is the point where I stopped, I stopped taking notes and just kind of tried to enjoy it. I mean, I took some more, but I tried to enjoy it. It's over the top campiness because there's, we're about to get into some really campy hokey shit here. And, and this is just kind of the tipping point for that. So starting off with the murder scene, I thought that, uh, I mean, yeah, the, the biggest problem that I have with this movie, well, there actually, that's not true at all. One of the big problems that I have with this movie is the way that the, the blood looks like all the blood just looks awful in this movie. Um, it's yes, a, it's horrible. Oh, the blood looks like ketchup, man. Yeah. It's awful. It actually looks like red acrylic paint. Like not even or like yeah, I don't know like I thought, tomato I thought, paste, man. Yeah. Oh, I thought it looked like ravioli. That's what I was gonna say. Ravi, fucking yeah. Ravioli. I thought I thought it looked like paint dust, not like paint, paint. Yeah. So uh, paint from saw uh, from saw three D look better, or the blood from saw three D look better. Whew. Uh, Stanley Kubrick definitely had better blood in the elevator scene of The Shining, and that movie was made well before this movie. Um, the the great. The, the great the Stanley great, Kubrick. The great Stanley Kubrick. Which you can listen to our review of Shining at don'tgooutthere.com. Sorry, Brian. That's true. <laughs> no, so they can the, listen to it all they want to. Half of, half of it is just uh, aerial shots of the mountains <laughs> and, and the water. But but they can listen to it all they want to. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, so when Dick got Pretty whacked in this scene, I mean, Jimmy got whacked in this scene. <laughs> uh, Damn it, you did that on purpose. <laughs> the... The acting, yeah, it's one of those overly dramatic deaths. <laughs> like, you know, when you uh, when you see Bugs Bunny get shot or something and he's faking his death and it's just yes. over the top. Like, that's how Snoop Dogg's yes. acting is here. Especially when uh, Clifton Powell stabs him and he spits in his face. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know why, but that made me laugh every fucking time because you tell me you've you just been shot, you've been stabbed three times, and you just you muster up enough strength to just raise up and spit right in his face. Um but I get the cop wanting everyone to incriminate each other, though, because then if someone does snitch, who are they going to believe, a cop or these nobodies from the hood? Uh, and to, to go back to what Nico said earlier at the start of that scene, I don't think those drugs were laced. I think that's just pure crack cocaine, baby. So uh, that's why Jimmy was so fucked up. And if you've never done crack cocaine, which I haven't, I'm assuming that, yeah, it'll, it'll fuck with you pretty quickly. I don't know. Um, going back to the present though, the present day, the CGI dog face was terrible. I mean, that looked like, I can't remember the Snoop Dogg music video, but when he turns into a dog at the end, like that's what it looked like. It was bad. And, but it was hilarious that he delivered his own line to him. Gangsta love. Don't eat no fried chicken. Cause Jimmy Bones was, or yeah, Bones the dog was in the van 
when he said that. So that was that was a good call back to earlier. The maggot scene I could have done without, and I'm talking about all the maggots. I'm talking about the maggots getting puked out of the dog's mouth. I'm talking about the maggots falling through the ceiling and getting into people's food and, and the meat in it. There's no need for maggots. It was just disgusting and made me want to made me want to take a shower. To be honest with you, um, the scene where Jimmy sets the the building on fire and walks out. God, that was such a cool optic though. Like this movie might suck, but there are some things that are just really cool. The scene of Snoop Dogg walking up the steps as the building's burning behind him, I thought was a very cool shot. Uh, you know what this movie is? You know what, dude? You just saying that this movie is a music video. If you just put this shit together in the background of a music video, this would be a fantastic music video. Absolutely. Just cut the highlights of this movie, and I'm yeah, actually yeah. I'm. I'm just about willing to guarantee that uh, one of the songs on the soundtrack, they probably did that for, but uh, that's the version of this movie that I'm going to watch from now on. But no, I'm just kidding. I still enjoy it. Despite me shitting on it for the past 50 minutes. Um, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's basically what I got from, from these scenes. It's just, they go over, this is where I was talking about. They just threw so much shit in together that really doesn't make any sense, but it's happening, so you just you're along for the ride at this point. Let's let's see how it plays out. All right, the next two sending the next two scenes are the ending. Uh, Pearl she consoles Cynthia back at her psychic shop. She tells Cynthia that Jimmy is her father. Jimmy's first line of business is to kill Shotgun. He does so by slicing his throat. He's mad he didn't go ahead and die with him. Jimmy walks the streets and sees you know the effects that drug had on his community. Patrick asked Jeremiah if he did it and asked why he was against it. He asked what he knew about the building. He tells him Maurice is dead. Jimmy kills Stankin' Ways, the two drug dealers, as they try and sell him drugs. Pearl deals herself, what, tarot cards, I think is what they are, and we see a hand grab her but disappears when Cynthia enters. She tells her he'll kill all of them. Eddie is making moves on his girlfriend Snowflake on the pool table. But then she walks back to the back room to get something. He calls for her, but no answer. And then he finds her dead body in a trash can and blood all over the floor. Eddie grabs his guns and then sees Jimmy. He's like dragging his knife across the pool table and it's bleeding for some reason. And then asks if that's Jimmy. He shoots him, but nothing happens. Jimmy launches this broken mirror, these shards of broken mirror at Eddie and it like impales him and stabs him to the wall. And then he cuts his throat. Lupovich gets a call from Eddie. Now Eddie's head is just, he's like holding his head and it's shit talking Jimmy. Lupovich finds burning candles in his boiler room and drugs. He turns around to see, <laughs> he turns around to get forced to try the, the, the same pipe from back when Jimmy got killed. And Jimmy cl- uh, closes his mouth with a horrible special effect and hangs him on a hook and he gets stabbed. Jimmy shows up to Jeremiah's house, Cynthia, Pearl, and Patrick see the hole in the glass, and they leave to find their dad. Jimmy shoves Lupovich's head into that wall of people. Now he shoves Eddie's head into the wall. Patrick shows Pearl where the skeleton was. The blood on her dress has kept Jimmy alive. Jimmy shoves Jeremiah into the wall now. He tells Jimmy he'd have done the same thing. An elevator drops into the basement, and Pearl takes it up by herself. Jimmy shoves him into the wall one last time to die. Pearl enters a room full of candles. It's where Jimmy was murdered. Jimmy appears behind her and puts the dress on her. And I got to She looked really good in that dress. Cynthia says they're, they're in the city of the dead. Jimmy and Pearl embrace. 
the ghost of Maurice lures Bill into a cave and he's killed by the souls in the wall. Cynthia finds Jimmy and Pearl. Cynthia, you know, hug or I'm sorry, Jimmy hugs his daughter, Cynthia. Patrick sees his dad in the wall. He grabs Patrick's throat and then he cuts his dad's arm off. Jimmy grabs Patrick's throat and souls circle him. Then Pearl, she grabs a candle and lights her dress on fire and it ends up killing herself and Jimmy. Patrick and Cynthia, they escape outside the the house or whatever. And, you know, Patrick picks up that same picture and the face of Jimmy Bones looks at him and he turns and sees Cynthia and then she pukes maggots on him again and that's the ending. All right, go ahead, Brian. Have fun, right. have fun with that. <laughs> what the Sorry. fuck? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I, I wrote the very beginning where the old dude looking at this fire and he said, we should have done this a long time ago. Yeah, man, that's that's exactly kind of what I've been saying the whole fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Um, very underwhelming reveal that Bones is uh, is Cynthia's father. It was just glossed over completely. And thankfully, because then the audience can maybe forget that she was ghost molested by him earlier in the movie. Um, spoiler alert, those two drug dealers' deaths, my least favorite in the movie. I It, it had some Jason Lives smiley face in the fucking tree shit with that whole blood spatter yep. and the shape of those chalk drawings. I was like, oh my God. That was much better. Um, but... <laughs> But I will have to give credit right after that. I will have to give credit to that. Uh, um, definitely not number two defensive back Clifton Abraham pinky kill. Um, besides, b- besides the ravioli looking blood there, it was only one so far the, in the whole movie where I was like, okay, okay, that mo- that that kill was really good. Um, but man, right after that, it goes right back to shit town because we get him holding. We get, I mean, he's holding his head. I mean. Y- Mike said hokey shit earlier. Like this is some hokey shit. Like what the fuck is going on here anyway? Because I, I don't know. I don't even know at all. There's, there's heads being thrown into that rubber Hellraiser soul wall with apparently he's got testes hanging on the wall somewhere, which I, I don't know. I mean, the, the effect was actually pretty cool, but, uh, um, but that it's still like, what the fuck? And, um, all in all, I think this is a pretty terrible way to wrap it up. Um, you get the, of course, figuring it out, um, you know, with the blood and how to beat bones from Pam Greer, which as we've said a million times on here, that's just lazy writing as they're in the Scooby van. Um, we get this weird ass city of the dead and Candyman thing where like bones wants Pam Greer there with him forever. And then what the dress apparently, by the way, is soaked in fucking gasoline because it goes up like instantly. And instead of Pam Greer wanting to take the dress off and, and burn it, she fucking just, burns herself instantly like why i I don't i don't know super dramatic uh should have just taken the dress off and burned the dress but okay um and then the maggot ending with the winking picture which basically is homage to vampire in brooklyn i'm sure but you know very few times have i watched a movie and asked what the fuck just happened like i literally don't have any idea what the ending even meant like at all so and i did not go google that because after i googled uh uh, Snoop Dogg's job. I was like, I just gave up on doing that. So um, anyway, obviously terrible way to end it. And uh, I hated it. <laughs> Don't hold back. What just the happened? ending. I hated, I hated these, this group of scenes. That's what I mean. That's what I hate. I've said this on this show a couple times. So let me repeat myself. What can I say about this set of scenes that hadn't already been said about Afghanistan? It's bombed out and depleted. Okay. 
now that I got that out of the way, look, man, this movie dials the hokey tone up to the hundred max here. Um, I'm sorry that I'm just not buying. I'm just not buying Snoop Dogg as this ghost killer. Uh, maybe that's just me. Now I could buy him as you know a diff like a pimp that's you know alpha blood or whatever if it was that. But I don't know. This whole thing is just so over the top to me. Uh, I am trying to invest because I do like the backstory, but man, this set of scenes is is just rough. And the reveal that 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 Jimmy is Cynthia's father and that. It makes that scene earlier so much more uncomfortable. And ah, God, man, I have, no, but I, you know, I'm like you. I enjoy the, I enjoy the AKA pinky kill uh, because you're right. I, he's not anything else. And then, so, I mean, that's fine. It's the only one that's like, not just forgettable. Like I don't have, like when we go least fill or uh, uh favorite kill, least favorite kill. Yeah. This is a little bit tough. None of them are memorable. There are some good. Uh, I will say this: there are some good practical effects. There's some bad practical effects in this movie, but there are some good here in this ending scene. Even the wall, which we talked about earlier, where I thought I could have swore we got a a, a, a testicle sack in. Uh, even the end here, where they uh, use Clifton Powell's head as part of it, I think that was that looked cool for some reason to me. So I was fine with that, but. The whole thing just this loses me. And one more point I want to make the fact that someone says we should have done this a long time ago as the house is burning down. Thank you. I, fuck. I would have done that a million years ago. If you killed somebody and you're trying to hide it, what's the first wait? Am I outing myself? All right, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they already committed murder. They don't want to commit arson too. Gosh. But, um, Okay, well, at that point, fucking go nuts. It's the purge out here. <laughs> so Stank and Weeze had, yeah, definitely the worst kills in the movie. And it's not even because the kills, because we didn't see the kills. It was off screen. It's because their blood, their, there was an outline of their blood thrown up against the wall. And then the, it was filled in in the shape of their bodies. It was just awful. Yeah, terrible. And we already talked about how bad the blood looks. So like when he cuts into the pool table... That that scene right there is why I said it looked like red acrylic paint because mixed up against that green felt of a pool table, it looked like shit. It didn't look like the consistency of blood, nor did it look like the color. It was just awful. But um, I one of the things that I noticed that I hated about really it's a theme through the whole movie is how Snoop Dogg overacted with his hand. Like anytime he went to grab someone. He was very dramatic, like he was the big show going for a choke slam. Like he went slow into it, and then like his hand was—I I don't know—it was almost like that scene in uh, Jason Takes Manhattan when she's down in in the uh, cellar part of the boat, and Jason's just like stabbing her so slowly with the spear gun. Like that's how Snoop Dogg is with his hand; it's coming at him so slow and so ominous. Like it really irritated me, but. Um, Eddie Mac's kill was awesome because I don't know why Snoop Dogg, you know, just pulled up a mirror all of a sudden while he's shooting at him. He's like, hey, look at yourself, fool. Shoot this mirror. <laughs> shoot this mirror and break it into a thousand pieces so I can use it to kill you. But it turned out cool. I, li I actually liked how the cool uh, happened. Uh, then, but it also raises another question. Why was he selective about who he decapitated? Like he decapitates a couple of them, but not the other two. 
didn't make any sense to me. Not a lick of sense. Um, and also, they didn't really do a damn good job at all about explaining why Pearl's blood was what was keeping him alive. And then, like you said, why not just take the dress off and burn it? Why are you going to kill yourself unless you just fed up? Like, I get that. You tired of being a single mama out here when your uh, baby daddy's a ghost. I get that. That would stress me the fuck out, too. But you don't have to kill yourself. Um, yeah. And then the, the ominous ending that also made no damn sense. So is Cynthia possessed? Is she now Jimmy Bones spirit incarnate? Like what's happening uh, here? Are what, they, I said to you. what the fuck? Are they setting up a sequel that never happened? Like, that's what I want to know. Was that their plan was to leave it open-ended so they can make a sequel. And then they realized how bad this movie bombed. So they're like, Nope, fuck that. We ain't losing another blank million dollars, which Mike will get into in a minute. So overall, this movie is one of those that this last four set of scenes or this last set of four scenes with the ending. And then the two we just reviewed before, I know it sounded like a lot of negative out of me, but this is where the movie is just so outlandish and confusing and bad that I'm just like, I'm all the way in baby. I love it. It's terrible. <laughs> so that's where I am. Oh, with it. Yeah, <laughs> That's fair. I have movies like that too. So it's, I get it. All right, let's jump into fun facts and, I was really surprised because I get almost all my fun facts off of IMDb, and there are literally only three of them for this movie. (laughs) And two of them are basically the same thing, uh, which I'm going to read right now. This was the first time where Snoop Dogg and Pam Greer collaborated together on film. They have done music videos since 1993. Snoop Dogg and Pam Greer play lovers who are supposed to be the same age. In reality, Greer was born in 1949, and Snoop Dogg was born in 1971, a 22-year age difference. And that's the, only, that's the only two I have. Uh, I don't think – I think y'all said y'all don't have any fun facts either. So go ahead, Mike, with the budget. I'm, I'm ready to hear this guy. I didn't look that up. Okay. So Bones' budget was $16 million. You're telling me $16 million, they couldn't get some better-looking blood? Hold on. The, the, the budget was $16 million, which is like – four times the amount it cost to make 1978's Halloween. Anyway, um, don't did Snoop Dogg make 14 million? And that's what Pam I was going to say. The, the other, I mean, that's, that's the only thing I can think of is yeah, payroll. Me too. High payroll. I, I think for some of these people or uh, at least for Snoop Dogg. So the box office was oh, Lord. a whopping $8.379 million. Damn. It, did, it made half its budget back. So, Good on you, Bones. Barely. So so that's what I was saying about how maybe they wrote this movie like, let's do a sequel. And then they were like, oh, shit. New Line Cinema, I think, (laughs) made this movie. They were like, "Um, no, we can't really afford to give y'all another $8 million to make up for what we lost, plus a budget for another movie. So, um, no, no thanks. Thanks for asking. Hey, Freddie built that house and Snoop Dogg burnt that bitch to the ground. Anyway. <laughs> Dropped it like it was hot, dare I say. Oh, all right. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll see y'all next week. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Jim, I love it. Jimmy Bones had a little sensual seduction with, while he was a ghost with his own daughter in this movie. So, Yeah. Oh, I wish I would have drank a lot that. of gin and juice before I watched this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. We just lost all of our audience. Not much you think. Anyway, sorry. I just I couldn't think of it. <laughs> are y'all 
Right, let's jump into the favorite kill, least favorite kill in the rating, brought to you by Manscaped. Use code uh, don't go for 20% off and free shipping. Just go to manscaped.com. All right, uh, favorite kill. I picked Eddie's death in the pool hall. Uh, my least favorite kill. Uh, up until Eddie's head starts talking, that was horrible. But his death was cool. Uh, least favorite kill. I chose a different one beside y'all. I wrote besides snowflakes. I'm going with Bill. The kill was lame. It looked bad. And then Cynthia saying, he's gone. That line was god awful to me. I hated it. All right. So my rating, it has nothing. It's nothing personal against Dustin hating on all of my movies I've picked. This is just my my, my honest opinion of this movie. I'm sorry, but I gave this movie a 2.5. The, the pros, very few, honestly. The cast was cool. Uh, Snoop Dogg is cool. Catherine Isbell was nice to see. Two years later, she was in a much better movie, Freddy vs. Jason. Uh, uh, motherfucking Pinky from the Friday series was awesome. Watched the Dead Meat Kill Count and really appreciated the director's dedication to practical effects. And I wrote the underlying message was good, too, about how drugs can devastate a community. I really, I did appreciate the underlying message. Uh, the cons to acting to me was pretty awful. Uh, the blood looked like paint and it looked terrible. The head staying alive and talking was corny as hell and not funny. Snoop as a villain just didn't resonate to me. This movie was an hour and 37 minutes, but felt longer than The Shining or both of the It movies. I, I honestly couldn't wait for it to end. So that's my rating. Sorry. Oh, damn. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so I already said it, but my least favorite kill is drug dealer. Jason Six lives, you know, blood spatter death thing. Um, my favorite kill, Pinky. I already said that one too. Um, I look, I didn't mind half of this movie. Like the first half, I honestly didn't mind it. Um, I actually went back and like looked at some of my other ratings. Um, I gave Silent Night, Deadly Night like 5.5. Um, and, and I think that that's, I think Silent Night, Deadly Night's more enjoyable, but I do think it's comparable in the fact that I think that one can go in the whole guilty pleasures bin at Walmart too, as well as this one. Um, I, I'm going to give this movie a five. So it wasn't the, you know, I, I don't, wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. I think that's the same rating I gave Rob Zombie's first Halloween. That's about on par with about how much I want to rewatch both of them. So I think that's pretty equal. Lord um, have mercy. So I'm going to give it a five. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Okay. You'd love to see uh, it. Okay. Wowzers. My favorite kill we already talked about on here with the pinky kill. My least favorite kill is every other kill in this whole fucking movie. So that's all I got to say about that. I'm sorry. I didn't like any of the other kills. I really didn't. I, I, hey, and one thing I forgot to mention during our review, how bad was the makeup on Lupovich? Like <laughs> yes. the, the, the yes. added fat, you could see the, uh, the prosthetic. It wasn't the same color as his skin. So where the fuck did that $16 million go? Jesus Christ. Snoop Dogg's weed budget. Well, he probably, hey, yeah, hey. probably the maggots, all the maggots. Hey, if they ever remake this movie, we got to get uh, Nico to donate some money. All right. So anyway, um, okay. So I, there are things that I could take away from this movie I, that I like. I've already kind of said this. So I'll just briefly repeat myself. I think the, there's a good story here. And, and so I think there's, this movie had potential. It could be better. I like the dedication, like you mentioned, to practical effects and the black sportation uh, theme around this movie. I 
I dig that. Like, I like that the director really, you know, went that direction. And I think that that was unique and cool and different. Um, and again, I hate to just completely shit on someone's work of art, you know, or they consider to be a work of art, but this is a cheesy high budget horror movie. (laughs) And, and it just didn't click with me. It's not my cup of tea. Um, I tried to enjoy it. I really did, especially because fucking Snoop Dogg's in it. I love Snoop Dogg. I love Clifton Powell and I like Pam Greer in most things, but, uh, this didn't, it just not for me too over the top, too hokey. And I like, I like over the top and hokey. Hence my love for Jason goes to hell. Uh, I, but this wasn't that, not to me. Uh, so I give this movie a, a, uh, 3.8. (laughs) 3.8. Okay. All right. Uh, Okay, goddamn. So my favorite kill is uh, Eddie Mac's kill. Like I said, just the way that the uh, glass floated up and he used the mirror that was shattered to stab him up against the wall. I like that. It was a pretty good effect. And I actually appreciated Eddie Mac's talking head afterwards. I thought that was the funniest shit in this entire movie. Uh, (laughs) My least favorite kill was Stankin' Wheeze. Just because, like I said, the... It was very, not even Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo wouldn't stoop to that level. It was just bad. And as far as my rating goes, like I said, this isn't a movie that I think is good. This is a movie, however, that I enjoy. And so if it's on, if I were to be flipping through TV, which it's never on, I was like pulling teeth trying to find this damn movie. But um, (laughs) if it's on, I'm going to watch it. I don't care. I'm going to watch it because... Like I said, it's so bad that it's enjoyable to me. It's funny. It's got Snoop Dogg. It's got Bianca Lawson. It's uh, got Bianca Lawson. And it's got Bianca Lawson. So overall, I agree with Brian. I gave this movie a five, not because I think that when you're grading a movie, is it a five out of ten as far as how good of a movie it is? No. I gave this a guilty pleasure score movie or a guilty pleasure bump, which was about two full points so i made it a five and so that being said that gives us with the with the first ever 3.8 rating that we received tonight (laughs) it gives us a composite score of a 4.075 so um thank you all for shitting on my my picks i will never pick another movie ever and as far as nico goes for nico to sit here and tell me that snoop dogg isn't believable as a villain i need you to know the Snoop Dogg has not always been this nice, friendly, funny guy that cooks with Martha Stewart. Snoop Dogg is a crip from Long Beach, California, that in 1993 was charged with first-degree murder. So don't tell me Snoop Dogg is not a scary motherfucker just because of how he's portrayed in 2020. He's an old man now. Cut him some slack. Snoop Dogg as an apparition didn't resonate with me. Does that make it better as a ghost? Does that make it I can believe him being a gangster. Yeah. I'm just giving you shit, man. It's almost like but him being it. a dog, a dog, and then a uh, and then he says, "Dog eat dog world." Oh my lord! Hey, Oof. listen, it's okay. You, it, you know, you saying Snoop Dogg's not believable is fine because that you know it's like saying that Paul Walker's a good actor, so it's fine, brother. Oh my god! Oh my god! Nico, Here we go. Please go ahead and fire off on this man for making us watch this fucking movie. <laughs> it's guilty <laughs> it's guilty pleasure month uh, i mean i'm glad you changed uh your guilty pleasure month because you shit on insidious the descent two much better films for this piece of shit 
How dare you be so blasphemous? The audacity. How dare you say such a thing? <laughs> All right, um, anyway, I'm done being I'm done being Stephen A. Smith now. Uh <laughs> I honestly had a good time. I didn't have a good time watching this movie, but I had a good time talking about it. <laughs> If that makes any sense at all. And uh, yeah, I hope uh, everyone who listens enjoys it too. I think it was a fun uh, discussion. Does anybody have any final thoughts before Brian announces his guilty pleasure for next week? Uh, before Brian goes, along with Guilty Pleasure Month, we have a pretty special episode coming out in October. I'll I'll just drop that little tease there for everybody. Yeah. It, it, it's also the name of a Rob Zombie movie, but that's the last clue I'm going to give. All right, go ahead, Brian. <laughs> All right, well, so I feel like I'm going to be in Dustin's shoes next week and get my movie just destroyed, but I am going to go with 1995's Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight, um, basically the movie that HBO made, the first movie that they made, um, based on the Tales from the Crypt HBO series. It has Billy Zane in it, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith's in it, even the dude from Wings, Thomas Hayden Church is in it, and but definitely friend of the show, John Kassir. So uh, I'm not going to say that everybody's going to enjoy it next week, but it'll be fun to at least talk about. Bro, I just I just looked up the movie that you picked. It has the exact same director as this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, fuck. It has Ernest R. Dickerson, the same guy from Bone. <laughs> oh, yes. oh, okay, well, I, okay, well, that makes more sense now. <laughs> All right, tune in next week. This is going to be fun again, I think. <laughs> uh, really appreciate all support, y'all. Um, just want to shout out our two interviews we recently, we recently dropped. Two huge icons in the horror genre, two wonderful women. Heather Langenkamp from the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise and the great Lynn Shay from the Insidious franchise. And she was in Nightmare on Elm Street as well. She's amazing. Uh, we really appreciate all the support, y'all. And y'all have a good night. Just want to remind everybody. I'm good out there. vocal tones most definitely will cause more horror than amity to you. It's my house. Got you scared, niggas. Don't chew like a church mouse. When I swing the Excalibur like Highlander, the head flies off. You see thunder and lightning. Much too late to realize your blunder. Suddenly you hear there can only be one. Well, this one. We apply Wild West tactics like turn back to back, take ten pieces and draw. But I'm sneaky with mine. Turn around at nine and blast you in your spine.